What's up guys and welcome back to Theology Unscripted. We are going over Romans part 3 today where we will be learning about how we can get peace with God through faith. This is Theology Unscripted. We are at my favorite verse in the Bible, which I don't know, I mean none of them are technically better than others, but uh, this one is my favorite. Like I said last time, this is on the door of my classroom uh, so that... Uh, it's just a reminder to everyone as they walk in. So uh, Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the best news, I think. So today we're going to talk a little bit about chapter 5 and what it means to have peace with God. So I love the first part here. It talks about how we've been justified by faith. We've just come out of talking about Abraham uh, was justified by faith, and that promise is realized through faith. So again, I think it's, you know, just to recap where we've been, Romans is, so far has told us God's wrath is uh, on those who are unrighteous, and Paul's established that we're all unrighteous, uh, but through faith now, not by any of our works, we have peace with him. So any thoughts uh, so far, David, or you want to jump in? No, just like you were saying, um, verse one is really, it's really cool to see that we have peace with God through Jesus because he sacrificed his life for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's through faith that that's obtained. We see that other places like in Ephesians where Paul says it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God. Uh, so this is emphasized here as well. It's very clearly part of uh, Paul's theology. So uh, let's keep reading a little bit. So he says, uh, through him, we have also obtained access by faith. Again, they're emphasizing faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hmm. So uh, he goes, uh, interestingly here, into uh, talks about suffering. So as the people of God not only rejoice in uh, future glory, because that's what this is talking about. We're talking about we get, we're in this grace, we stand in this grace, uh, and, but we also have hope in this life, and I think that's kind of his point here. Yeah, um, I like that verse about the suffering because I know a lot of us go through hard times and difficult times, but the Bible right here is telling us that the suffering like, produces the endurance, and the endurance helps build your character up, and the character gives you hope. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I do, uh, you know, it is important to note a lot of people, you know, when they present the gospel, it's presented as hope, you, you know, you're going to get to heaven when you die, and that is true, right? Yeah. But this passage also reminds us that not only do you have hope in the future, but you have hope now. Yeah, and I completely agree. Um, anytime, you know, I was just telling my son, Micah, about uh, the few years ago when I was really struggling financially and just didn't have, um, you know, didn't have very much, was unsure how I was going to pay rent, or how, unsure how I was going to buy food, all of this stuff. And I was telling him how that uh, that time of suffering led me, I mean, it gave me endurance. I mean, it did. You, I've seen this play out in my life. It gave me endurance, and that endurance produced a character in me that now in times of plenty, which are, you know, we're, things aren't perfect, but we're doing better, we're doing pretty well, our business has done well. Um, that's produced a character in me that says, I can't take credit for that. Yeah. That's not me. And that's a given, and that is where I have my hope, is my hope is not in what I can do, 
but I, I've seen this play out in my life. And uh, so that it's, that's another reason I love this passage is, hey, yeah, this, this is true. What God's yeah. word said is true. Yeah, I also like how it talks about how the Holy Spirit, we are filled with that, because yep. I know you were at church this weekend, too. Pastor Grant mm-hmm. talked about the Holy Spirit, so that's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought his, um, yeah, Grant, Liberty, Liberty Live Church here in Hampton. Um, Grant, if you're listening, that would be amazing, number one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, thank you know, thanks for your message on the Holy Spirit on that. That was, uh, yeah, really helpful, I believe. And uh, he made the point that we all, all uh, believers in Christ have access to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and are filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I do, you know, that is where our power comes from. It was the one thing he said towards the end is like, the Holy Spirit needs more of us. We don't need more of it. That was good. Yeah, was cool. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit needs more of us. We have full access to the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah, I, absolutely. That's really good. All right. Well, back to the verses I see in chapter six, it says, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, still powerless. Some translations say, well, we're still weak. We've got a lot, you know, things like it. Well, we had no hope for ourselves. Again, he is emphasizing what he said before. He was talking about how we uh, are unrighteous on our own and we can do nothing to save ourselves. Yeah, it's just kind of cementing that point that, like, without Jesus, we could not have a relationship with God. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And uh, and, uh, he, and and at the right time, what does it mean at at the right time? You know, it could mean several things. It could mean at the right time in history, uh, I kind of read it more personal, honestly, where it says, just at the right time for me, just when I needed help, Christ died for me. That's kind of what it reads like. It could, you know, that, I I believe that's what he's saying, at just the right time. Uh, Not too early, not too late. Yep, just on time. Yep. Uh, And then, man, I love this part too. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, it's yeah. humbling and amazing at the same time. Yeah. Yep. There's very few people I would die for. I mean, just, you know, if I'm thinking about it, I'd just, you know, if it was uh, one of my kids, obviously, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, I think, what this can relate to. You know, we're the children, children of, of God. God. Yeah. yeah. And he says, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, have, you were a sinner. You had done nothing to save yourself, nothing worthy of my love, and yet... I died for you anyway. What so showed you grace. Yeah, that's right. It is just pure grace um, from uh, nothing that is not deserved but is given to us freely. And it's just laid out in these verses exactly who Jesus is. Um, so he goes on. He says, since therefore we've been justified by his blood. And that word justified uh, means uh, made right. You know, it's a legal term that just says we were guilty and we were uh, made right by his blood. He took our guilt so that we didn't deserve the punishment anymore. And that was, again, a free gift for him. And so, so that's what that word justified means. So been justified by his blood, much more, shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? Again, Paul took time to talk about the wrath of God. And I was saying, we have been saved, since we've been justified, we've been saved from that wrath. Mm-hmm. It goes on, for if we, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So I also love this uh, thought of reconciliation, because that means, you know, more than just uh, being justified and being made legally right before God, we're also, our relationship with him is restored. Mm-hmm. So uh, any, do you, what do you think? I, I was thinking about, what about these, uh, we got two parts, I think. It says, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, and now we're reconciled by his life. I thought that was pretty interesting. It is. 
um, talking about, you know, not only uh, through his death are we reconciled, but through his resurrection as well. Yeah. So um, I hadn't seen that before. Hmm. I love when I can learn new stuff. Yeah. So this uh, up through verse 11 to me is kind of the it's the first half of the the chapter here. And then he gets into verse 12 and verse 12 starts with the word therefore. And basically that just means based on what I just said, Mm -hmm. you know, since then we've been reconciled. Uh, he's going to go on and give some more commentary on that, I think. Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who were sinning, whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, but who was a type of the one who was to come. Man, that's a lot of words. Paul, again, is very wordy, but you know all of this has a purpose. Yeah. So he's talking about Adam here. He's talking about... Uh, death through sin, uh, looking back on the creation story, when God said, if you eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, you will tr- uh, surely die. So he's looking back in that and saying uh, that sin came in the world through one one man. Mm-hmm. Uh, contrary to um, uh, what, you know, this is a note here in the ESV study Bible, which I love to read. It gives me lots of good commentary on it. Uh, it says, uh, contrary to secular thought that regards death as a natural part of human life, in the biblical sense, death is never natural, but is the last enemy. Mm. I love that. So death did not was not the original state that God wanted for his people. Right. I think that is, uh, you know, that's important for us to realize. But death came through the sin of one man, that being Adam. Now, I kind of have a question for you. I want to flip that mm-hmm. around. Would you say death is the final enemy? Because if you think about it, death is the end of our earthly life and yep. the start of our eternal life with God. So is that really an enemy? Mm. So... In the sense that uh, Jesus already defeated it, that's I, so I guess that's where that comes in. Yeah, death is our final earthly enemy, but since Christ defeated it, then yes, you're right. Then that's when our eternal life with him begins, right? So uh, that is, I think that's the way that the Bible presents death, is this is an enemy that we could not defeat, right. and Jesus did it for us, and therefore we are... Um, invited into his presence at death so yeah in that sense since he defeated it we are not bound by it anymore yeah. so yeah yeah that's a good question now kind of a little sidetrack like what would you have to say to people that are scared of dying or mm. like yeah i mean there's i think any of us could say we're still you know none of us are you can really comprehend right it, it's know? hard to comprehend right it's like how what's it going to be like do i you know do we some people say it's like you um close your eyes here and open your eyes in eternity mm. and it may you know uh, maybe that quick. I hope it. You know, I hope that's how quick it is. Yeah. And uh, we don't know too much aside from uh, aside from what we're told in the Bible. We don't. You know, people always ask, "What's heaven going to be like? What's going to be in heaven? What's going to be here?" And I and I just have to say, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to be there. We're told a few things, uh, but I believe we have to have our hope in the person of Jesus. Yeah. We can say Jesus will be there, and that is enough. It'll be like one of those things yeah. you have to be there to experience it. I yeah. guess, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. What. The fear of death is common, right? Yeah. And even those who uh, have their hope in Christ, it's uh, normal to to wonder, you know, what is that? What is that going to be like? Uh, but when our hope is in Jesus, we can trust that since we'll be with Him, then we have nothing to worry about. Right. All right, the next part here, verse 15, we're moving into uh, talking a little bit more about uh, the free gift from the one man. Uh, If the free gift is not like the trespass, so again, he's talking about this free gift from Jesus is not like the sin of Adam. 
For if many died through one man's trespass, one man's sin, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, and that abounded for many. So again, he's got a whole lot of words here. So he is relating it to Adam's sin, where all died through Adam's sin. But even more than that, he says the free gift of grace through Jesus abounded for many as well. And he's going to go on to say the free gift is not like the result of the one sin. For the judgment following one sin brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Whew, man, I wish he would use less words. But let's so, talk about what he's saying. Yeah. So essentially he's just contrasting Adam and his sin yes. with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. That's right, yeah. So uh, a lot of people will call, call Jesus the second Adam, the yeah. better Adam, right? Uh, so that's kind of what's going on here. Uh, he is saying, yeah, one death came through one man. And he's saying, hey, this free gift isn't like the sin of the one man because all died through that sin yeah. and all are justified through the one man's uh, um, sacrifice, the one man's free gift. So it's quite the contrary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So he sums up what he's saying right there. Mm -hmm. So one sin led to condemnation for all. One act of righteousness, peace for all. That's the way I read that. Uh, For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. He's saying the same thing in different (laughs) words, I think, but it's helpful for us to see uh, this written in many ways. But that's what he's emphasizing the same point. He wraps it up here by saying, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that that as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm. He sums it up very nicely there. And I do, uh, do want to, uh, one other note I wanted to talk about here was when he talks about the law. As he mentioned earlier in this, uh, you know, the law has come up here already in Romans. Uh, what he says about the law earlier is he's talking about uh, Adam sinned before there was the law. So he's, sin was kind of where there was no law. You know, I believe uh, at that time, obviously, the law of Moses had not been written, but Adam was given one law, I believe. He was given a law not to eat from the tree. Mm-hmm. So his point is, I believe, uh, there was no law, but there was still sin, yeah. right? And the sin is not listening to God's commands, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, he is making it very clear that it's the law of Moses is not uh, what, you know, that, he's trying to take the emphasis off of the law of Moses, I think, in some ways. Of course, being a Jewish person, being a someone who knew the Jewish scriptures in and out as Paul was, he would uh, never say it wasn't important, but he's trying to say, hey, there's something more important here now. So the law of Moses, yes, that showed us our guilt, but really even before that, sin entered the world. And it was then the sin is not necessarily related to that law. It's related to not listening to God's commands. Mm. So uh, I do believe that's what is happening here. And he's making clear that uh, the law came in to increase trespasses. You know, this is what he says here at the end of chapter 5. The law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So, yes, the law came in and showed our sins, but grace abounded even more than that. Grace overcame it. And so as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, yeah, chapter 5, very powerful, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the, the grace that's a free gift. Um, and, again, if you read it in context, you go back and listen to what we read uh, in the first two episodes uh, in the first four chapters here, uh, you see what is the reason we needed this free gift? Because we were hopeless on our own. Mm-hmm. One thing I really noticed about this chapter is like it's very repetitive. 
it is is good because repetition is key so just reading over and over again that like jesus died for us and we're going to be saved through him and um he's the reason that we are going to be able to be with god one day absolutely yeah yeah it's emphasized yeah he uh, Paul loves to reword what he just said for yeah. emphasis, and it is very important because it helps us to get it, right? Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, even just now, I had to read things a couple of times to really get it because uh, it, it, that's, that's what it takes. Yeah. You know, it takes that, make, making sure we read it over and over so we understand what we're, what we're getting. Yeah. Well, did you want to continue on to sixteen or to chapter six, or did you want to leave that for the next episode? So chapter six. So uh, this is uh, now. I, I love where chapter six falls. I think we'll give a preview of chapter six, and then we'll get into it because it might deserve its own. Uh, its own time. Uh, but chapter six starts off saying, okay, we've understood all of this. We've understood the unrighteous deserve uh, condemnation and the wrath of God. However, Jesus came and gave us a free gift so that we are at peace with God. We now live in this resurrection. Death no longer reigns, right? We might reign through righteousness to eternal life, okay? So then what should we say? Yeah. So in light of all of that, he says, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? And he says, by no means. And so I think we, next time we should talk about what that, uh, what that means. What does it mean to uh, live in sin or be dead to sin as we are now and alive in Christ? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good uh, episode for next time. All right. Sounds good. Well, again, thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next one.